Hey, Alice? Yeah? Do you have a minute? Sure. Could we just maybe exchange phone numbers or... Oh, Harry, I'm, I'm very late. Listen, I think you woke up to a completely different person than you met last night. And I appreciate the gesture. I really do. But how old are you? Like, 30? 29? Something like that. Oh, Jesus. Okay, girls, come on. Time to get in the car. Okay, okay. She's so intense. No, I'm not. Good luck with everything. Maybe I'll see you around. Hope so. Come on, ladies. Did you guys have a sleepover? What? How did you meet? Yeah, are you friends with their mom? Friends with their mom? How old do I look? I don't know. All right, once again, we have Natasha from the Rad-Ass Bitches joining us, I guess, as a quasi-sequel to our holiday episode, as this was uh, directed by the daughter of Nancy Myers, Haley Myers Shire. Is the, yeah, I think I have the... She should have dropped the Shire part, I think. I don't know who the, who the father was here, uh, if there was, but he doesn't deserve billing. This is, this is a... He is... He's a filmmaker, too. Oh, okay. So I'm being really dismissive. I'm going right to the Nancy Myers. Dismissive of the dude. Yeah, that's fine. Mike the Menisandrist. Jesus Christ. Just dudes, who cares? (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Guy's garbage. (laughs) It's actually going to be the iTunes description of the show. Dudes, who cares? This is garbage. (laughs) Thankfully, we have uh, a lady as a guest who is uh, holding the crown of uh, most often putting herself through the pain of the grand gesture. So, Natasha, before we get into further pain, I'm sure Dave will have his complaints, as usual. Tell us a little bit about the Rad-Ass Bitches podcast and your new site. Sure. Uh, So, we are a podcast for pretty much anybody, but we're two... um, kind of early 30s women navigating um, the professional world, um, the geek world, our various um, own pursuits. So just kind of talking about that and we cover a variety of topics. And then um, my uh, new blog project, Nat 20, is um, actually uh, twofold. It's Nat is, you know, a nickname of mine, but then it's like my 20th year of blogging. Um, in various oh, forms, so it's kind of a yeah. Well, it's it started like super small, like Live Journal, <laughs> you know. But um, but I actually have been doing um, I it will it'll be my ninth year. Like if Kentucky Geek Girl was still a thing, it would be my ninth year of that. So anyway, yeah. So it'll be a little bit like KGG, but also some more like personal stuff too. 20 years. Dave, you think we're still going to be doing this show in 20 years? Huck, I hope not. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope we, we grow old together, Dave. That's my hope for this. And Aww. I hope I hope you your heart you know, warms up a little bit after I force you to watch Doubtful. all these romantic comedies. It's going to get worse. <laughs> like, this fucking I win garbage. either way, I think. <laughs> Love so. is dead. That's 20 years. That's where I'm going to be at. All right. Enough out of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Home again, as I said, a uh, a Nancy Myers joint of sorts here. She did produce this. This one, uh, I guess, is probably somewhat personal, as Natasha, you just informed me that uh, both of the director's parents were also filmmakers. So in here we have our main character of Alice Kinney, played by Reese Witherspoon, uh, is the daughter of a film director, John Kinney, and she has moved back home, I guess hence the title, 
uh, to the, the family home that maintains a lot of his belongings. His car is very important in this. And she's going through a separation as a reason for her moving back home. She's moving back from New York to L.A. And uh, <laughs> the meet-cute, um, I guess, is not so cute. It depends on the, the, the age demographic here. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Alice is out for a night on the town. I believe it's a birthday celebration. As you can tell, I was really paying attention. Her 40th. Her 40th, yeah. Her 40th yes. birthday. Look, I was being polite there, and both of you are like, she's old. She's <laughs> it's old. A <laughs> it's a plot it's point. A plot she point. says it to him. Let me let me ask you this: Would it have if she was thirty five? Would that have changed the the dynamic between no. them too much? It would still would have been. No, he still looks like he's seventeen. Yeah, so. he, yeah, <laughs> fine. Uh, yeah, this is definitely <laughs> this could possibly be problematic if it was the plot point if you switched it where it was a man who's forty doing this, and I say that yeah. only if they stated it because <laughs> usually the actor's age difference is that much when it's a male right. actor mm-hmm. and a female lead. Uh, it's just never really said. But here uh, she runs into uh, it's three young men, three friends, uh, two brothers, and a friend who have come to L.A. to pursue their dream of being filmmakers. And she meets primarily in the romantic sense, Harry, who is going to be the director in this little Coen brothers group that they're, <laughs> that they're trying to be. I hope the Coen brothers talk to each other more than these guys do. <laughs> Jesus. I don't you know. I, my, my reading of the Coen brothers is they don't really talk at all. They just bang uh, away on their typewriters and then they chuckle at what the other one has come up with. <laughs> And they're just sort of weird. Right. They're just weird together. And then Francis McDormand comes in and does all the talking for them. Um, yeah. So it it starts as a one night stand, sort of, where Harry comes back home and other two are also there with her friend, but they just all pass out drunk in the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sexual encounter is not consummated because this young man that Dave says looks like he's seventeen. Can't- can't hold his drinks. <laughs> Can't hold his liquor. Jesus Gets Christ. sick. And so poor, this guy out. poor Reese Witherspoon uh, reverts back to sort of a maternal role and caretaker uh, takes care of him and then gets up and starts cleaning up her house, which I guess is a good thing because her children and her mom come back a little bit early. And so then we have... Sort of a sitcom setup where it's uh, kind of awkward and becomes even more sitcom-like when her mother uh, really takes to these three young men because they like her work. She is a retired film actress. A narcissist. <laughs> like, they like me. Let them stay. Not only that, I'm pretty sure one of them says, hey, you looked really hot in that one movie like 34 yeah. years ago. Yeah, bikini. You were hot. And she's all Let about it. Stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, someone said that to me. <laughs> I would I would be like, good. Good taste. Let them stay. That's fine. <laughs> that's not weird at all. So that's our setup. That's our, our meet cute um, here. And it's, it's a little bit complicated because I said there's – two other young men that are going to kind of form relationships with Alice of, you know, different sorts. So we'll just start with uh, Harry, the one that can't uh, hold his liquor. Does this meet cute uh, work for you in any sort of romantic sense, or is it just purely comedic? And we'll start with uh, our guest, Natasha. I think, I honestly think that it is really playing the age difference gag pretty heavy. And I, I don't, I don't particularly see it as romantic because I also feel like they're at two different points in their lives. And I don't see myself going to a bar and meeting someone and then 
figuring out that, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, fall in love with them right out, you know, after a one night stand. I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't quite buy it. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> yeah. I Tell us about your bar stories. What have you come home with, Dave? <laughs> what have I come home with? Oh, what a way to put that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the romance really works here. I mean, it works in the sense that it, at the start of this movie, those are really the only two characters you have together in any sort of physical situation. So you're just kind of like, oh, I guess this is what we're setting up. But to have them like pretty quickly after this failed one night stand and then, you know, Murphy Brown telling everyone they can stay um, to have them like, quote unquote, fall in love. I'm not sure it ever really works. I feel like I feel like Reese Witherspoon's character has a deeper connection with the other two characters than she does with the guy that she's supposedly in love with. So it just becomes, I don't know, kind of awkward to watch. Like it was just like, oh, well, this is this is the sexual relationship that we put in this box. And then for us to feel any kind of emotion about that relationship becomes really challenging because I don't see anything that these two have in common or any reason why they should be together. Like from the beginning, you're just kind of like, if it's a drunken hookup, fine. I, I can see that happening. But like anything after that point is a right. little tough. Like, I don't like that. They don't hook up. That's what, that was my biggest. Yeah. I hated that. You knew I was going to say right. that Dave. Yeah. I more just, fucking. That's where always, is it? <laughs> um, she deserves should it. Should it be like, after he throws up, he gets cleaned up or should they have just no. cut that part what out? Do you think I'm not a monster here? <laughs> Good God. No, I, I, I thought that was the gag. I thought, <laughs> I thought they, no, the gag. Nicely played. Jesus, it's, Dave. It's you're good. You're terrible. Um, <laughs> I I want to see them, uh, maybe not see them, uh, because I, I agree with you all. Do a Truman Show thing where we know that they've had sex. Uh, and then the bit, not the gag, of him not being able to hold his liquor. I think that would have been a better reminder. Like, oh, this is a, this is a young pup. This is a kid. Like, this is someone that maybe I shouldn't have done this with, but whatever, you know, it's just, it was a fun thing. And I think that it makes the humor work better if they'd actually had sex when her mom of all people invites them to stick around. So it's like, she's had this one night stand forced upon her. The fact that they don't right. do it, I don't feel like it's as awkward as it should be. And thus it's not right. as funny. So, and maybe I was just misled by the premise. Cause I knew somehow these three young guys start living with her in her guest home. I I thought for sure <laughs> there's fucking somewhere as I'm making the microphone. <laughs> <And> yet nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm disappointed. I also, and I guess this is one of the rare times. Um, I, normally I can say like, oh, the movie didn't totally work for me, but the two leads are really likable. Here, and it's probably somewhat on purpose. I don't feel like any of these young actors can kind of stand toe to toe with Reese Witherspoon. Like it, it seems like such a clear difference in someone who knows their craft, knows what they're doing versus mm -hmm. younger people trying to find their way. And you can definitely play with that because they're playing characters trying to find their way, but I still don't necessarily want to watch them on screen together for that long. Right. And maybe that's what contributes to what you're saying, Dave, as far as, they try to force a relationship with all three of them and her, not necessarily sexual, but like they each have some sort of bond. And I don't know if any of them are that interesting in particular. So, uh, nope. Natasha, was there one of these characters that you like seeing interact with Reese Witherspoon more, or are they all about even for you? Um, I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, when, 
because they are kind of playing with the age difference, um, Teddy, the millennial, sets her up uh, her website and, you know, social media and all of that. So in a business sense, I think that that was nice. And I did like um, John, is it John Rednitsky? He, he was on SNL for like a minute and then got then got fired and then was suddenly in this movie. He really connects with her daughter um, and like kind of mentors her in the process of like screenwriting or, or like in, in writing. So I, I liked those interactions. I liked them more than Harry, to be honest. I've, I don't, I didn't, I didn't see what, what Harry could bring to, to the relationship at all. Dave, you probably hate all three of them, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I like the, uh, I like the screenwriter. I think he was probably the best part, but he is, I don't know. There is, it's a, it's a well-written character, but there's just something missing as far as his performance. Like he's just not. It's not that exciting to watch. Like he's and all of these three guys, they just kind of look like normal dudes. And especially, like you said, when you pair them with someone as strong and as bold as Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. like it's gonna, it's gonna feel very uneven. Um, and it actually got me wondering, uh, like, what would this have been like with the original cast in mind? Because apparently, originally Rose Byrne was attached to play the Reese Witherspoon character, oh. but I think you run into a similar problem. Is that you have another like bold, strong comedic actress against these three schlubs, and you're just kind of like, so, eh. wait, the the three male leads here were not different actors because that's no, <laughs> you had me excited for They're a second. I was like, who else did they nope. have? Okay, I think I will go with <laughs> I'll go with uh, Nat Wolf as Teddy as the actor only because he's the one that doesn't seem to have any sort of romantic interest. They do this weird attempt, and to, he throws a punch. So he throws a punch. Going for it too. Yeah. And he also seems like the dumbest yeah. to say his lines. And he just, you know, his thing is just to do something, whether or not it's mm-hmm. like going to actually be well thought out. As you said, he gets in a fight with her uh, husband. She's separated from in front of the children, the family yeah. <laughs> bloodies, their father. Nice. George, the screenwriter, you know, it's kind of brought up by Harry. that it's like, there's like a competition between like George has a thing for the Reese Witherspoon character. And I, I don't know. It's just too much. It's like, you know, I'm not rooting for any of them. So uh, I guess I just go with the one that just beats up Michael Sheen. The one that's not interested. Like, eh, let's go with that guy. He yeah. Seems all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not creepy then. So, okay, we'll go to, <laughs> we'll move on to the, the breakup, which I actually sort of mentioned Teddy's, uh, which I guess gets two of them kicked out of the, the yeah. house because <laughs> it's becoming fairly dramatic and a little much. Uh, considering that <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's character didn't even really want them to stick around to begin with. This was all, as Dave said, Murphy Brown's fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the romantic breakup uh, with Harry is where he puts, I would say probably rightfully so, he puts his career or his the possibility of a career, this meeting he has with the producer that uh, may produce a feature film out of their shorts that they've uh, brought to the table that's sort of gotten them an in in Hollywood. He allows that meeting to go on and bails on a date, a date night with Alice. Want to tell me what happened? Well, I drank my date under the table and I was so rude and then I saw Zoe Bell and her kimono and her cute husband, and I went temporarily insane. Jesus. I hope you quit, at least. Oh, yes. That I made very clear. Well, dare I ask why you're feeling so pugnacious this evening? All signs point to the lead singer of your band. 
I was afraid of that. You know, he tends to have this effect on people. The thing you gotta realize about Harry, and I say this out of love, is he doesn't do the right thing enough. Doesn't know how. Trust me. Do you know what the difference is between men and women? Men just, they can just do things. And women have to think about the consequences and the feelings and the pros and cons. And we make lists. And men just act. They just do. <laughs> Not you, though, George. You're one of the good ones. Thank you, Alice. I'm like a woman. And for me, the breakup actually worked here. And it's probably because I'm not rooting for them to get together. So I'm just uh -huh. like, you know what? Uh, Harry needs to keep Good. his eye on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he came here to succeed as a filmmaker. That's his dream. And as Natasha's brought up, there's a clear age difference. I'm not really comfortable with them uh, at their various points in life uh, trying to pursue this uh, relationship. So this is for the best. So, uh, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is probably not how a breakup sequence in a rom-com is supposed to be, but I'm just like, good, that, uh, fire need to be extinguished. So, uh, Dave, you're pretty hateful. You're right. You're You're with me on this one, right? I was like, is that the end of the sentence? Cause that's true. Um, play the music. I think podcast is over. <laughs> that's right. We're done. I think, uh, the biggest mistake he makes is agreeing to this date. Uh, because at the, yep. at the start of it, he says like, oh, I have this meeting I have to go to, but then he tries to like kind of play both sides and be like, oh no, I can definitely do both. And he's like, he's out of his depth here. And yeah. you know, he's out of his depth when it comes to these meetings, when it comes to this relationship with Reese Witherspoon's character, like he's just, he's a child and he doesn't really know what he can and he can't do. Um, so when, you know, when she's kind of berating him for not showing up, I mean, I'm on her side because he does say I'll be there. And then he isn't. You know, that's that's become a recurring theme in a lot of the romantic comedies we've covered here is like if you say you're going to do something, you have to be there for that person. And he's not 15 minutes early, but... preferably. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or the rom, the rom com but... gods will get you somehow. <laughs> so that's right. You got to be early. Um, but at the same point, like I'm not, you know, the breakup works, but I'm not sad about it. I'm not like, oh, I wish this would work out. This is these are people I'm rooting for. Because like you said, like there's nothing to root for here. They they hook up after drinking at a bar and that's really what they have in common. And now they're forced into this living situation. Yeah. Um, and so when the breakup happens, you're kind of like, yeah, that seems about right. It's time to move on. So it feels natural, but it doesn't you don't feel that that pain that you would feel if there's a, a couple that you feel like, Oh, they're really good together. And then they split up because of whatever reason. I, I honestly agree. I feel like um, there was too much emphasis placed on her quote unquote needing that date night. Um, I know that she's going through a, you know, a, a tough time with the separation and all that. She comes to, you know, realize that she does in fact want a divorce um, when Michael Sheen's character is there. Um, but on the one hand, yes, he did say he was going to be there. On the other hand, his whole reason for coming to LA in the first place was for his career. Um, so I definitely agree that, you know, he, he did say that he was going to, to, to show up and he should have shown up, but he couldn't also help that he was having to go, you know, to this dinner thing with, you know, these Hollywood people. Cause that's, 
I feel like that would be, a, you know, at that point you're at their at their mercy. The money. Send a text, man. Send, Send a text. text. <laughs> that not that hard. Exactly. That would have been nice. And I feel like her character would have been. I mean, I don't think that their romance is probably going to go anywhere, and maybe she still holds to that. But at the very least, there wouldn't have been as bitter feelings if he said, hey, this right. meeting's actually going along. I think it's going really well. I think right. she's, you know, she would be happy enough for them, for all three of them right. to succeed, mm-hmm. especially coming from, uh, like, the film world as well. Right. Like, yeah, clearly, and right. that's probably where the George character does, he does a lot of the heavy lifting for Harry, maybe for us as the audience, as far as if we have any rooting interest, yeah. is that he has such love for what her father accomplished that you kind of buy into those guys. Like, Oh, I hope it works out for them just because it's like, right. well, it means a lot to him. They're passionate. I don't they know. If, I don't know yeah. if Harry or Teddy come across that way, uh, but definitely George, just because he has that yeah. moment with her. Yeah. With the, with the script, the sure. handwritten notes, yeah. it's a nice moment. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get the, the grand gesture here. I guess Harry learns his lesson, but it's, it's one that I actually kind of liked. I mean, I didn't really, <laughs> the meet cute didn't have the fucking that I wanted. Uh, the breakup I thought was <laughs> well deserved from all parties. That's for the best. Uh, the grand gesture here, though, uh, I actually do really like because he did learn his lesson about what happens with the breakup, where he lets the meeting run long. But it's played differently here. It's not necessarily played for. Oh, I'm gonna do what uh, in this case the girl told me to, and I'll get back in her good graces. He doesn't let the the meeting go astray. Uh, from a professional sense and from the point of view of why he said he got into this this business, into the stream, is that he wanted to do it with his brother and his friend. Yep. And so at the end, when the meeting, the, this money man, this this producer, uh, starts saying like, hey, we're going to recast this role that has been written by your friend in a completely different way so that his script loses all meaning and your brother's going to play, we'll find another part for him. Harry actually... You know, to possibly his detriment, maybe things aren't going to work out. Says, I would rather do it with them than do your version of it without them. Uh, and so he, he ends the meeting, and it is to go and see uh, Reese Witherspoon's daughter uh, perform. But I feel like it's more about the, the bond between these three dudes. And that that aspect actually worked for me. It's probably the first time I actually liked the Harry character, since, you know, he couldn't he couldn't actually have sex while under the influence earlier. That's where I turned against him. He's just uh, not capable, but here uh, I, I liked it. And I like that. It's not seen as a romantic grand gesture either. It's so mm-hmm. it worked for me. And then of course, uh, Teddy's grand gesture is he punches Michael Sheen, which I was already for. So um, <laughs> all around the grand gestures were great in this film. Dave, tell me how I'm wrong. <laughs> Um, I would love to tell you how you're wrong, uh, but in this case, I, I think you're right. I think, I think that grand gesture is is sweet, and it it has a tough balance uh, because, like you said, like it's a lot of it. I think most of it is like, no, we have to stick to our guns here. This is why we're here. I'm not going to let you ruin this this friendship, this dream we have, especially after all this drama about like, you know, the other, the other guys getting jobs and, you know, they don't want to tell him cause they know he's going to like, you know, lose it. And of course he does because you know, that's the kind of movie it is. They just kind of show us what's going to happen and then they do it. Um, you would think in also, that case he would be happy that there would be some money coming in. I feel right, like that's I the was most like, good, good. <laughs> yeah, go. George right. is being pragmatic. Your brother's saying like, Hey, we're not going to give up on that. We're going to support you because <laughs> he can still type on a keyboard and get paid for it while you're, 
I don't know what you're doing, Carrie, but you're doing something. <laughs> well, you're having sex with Reese Witherspoon. We'll pay for your lifestyle, your job you bastard. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. But it's it was also like a nice, sweet moment of them saying, like, you know, we have to go, we have to go do what we said we would do. You know, like you said, learning that lesson and going and going to the the daughter's, uh, you know performance of her play and and that you know leads to another sweet moment of you know one of them standing by the side and helping her through the process and i think yeah i think that grand gesture worked and if you had told me kind of if i knew everything leading up to that grand gesture and you told me it was going to like be this we're going to do this professional thing and this personal thing and this one grand gesture i wouldn't be sure that was going to work but it but it did. It was nicely done. Like I think it's a well-written, well-performed grand gesture. Jesus, that's the most positive you've been on any episode we've done. As for I know <laughs> home again. I know. My goodness, um, turning over a new leaf. Uh huh. Yeah. Very positive. Well, it's because I threatened you earlier, saying we're going to do this for twenty more years, and you're like, okay, <laughs> like, I got to give okay. the man what he wants. <laughs> About you, Natasha. What do you think of the uh, grand gesture here? I I really appreciated it. I think that not only was Harry really because they they had had a little bit of a reconciliation, but he was really putting his his bros um, first in 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 the um, you know Hollywood arena, and then by you know as a unit showing up um, to the daughter's play. I thought that the, you know I, I thought that that meant a lot um, because you know it, it had been like a minute since. You know, they came into each other's lives, but obviously her play reflects reflects that too. And so there's obviously this feeling that, you know, it I guess when it's right, it's right sort of thing. And, you know, they all kind of had made an impression on one another and um, you know, them showing up really kind of showed that they they do appreciate, you know, these this this family and what, you know, they kind of can maybe bring to one another, even though still not necessarily buying the romantic aspect of it. Um, just kind of the, the, you know, being cool people aspect of it for yeah. me is a little more powerful. Being good dudes. Yeah. Cause they're, uh, <laughs> as young as they are, they're, they're definitely going to fall back from that. They're going to stray <laughs> and be douchebags, but the possibility is there that they will at least learn their lessons, which is, it's yeah. fine for the, for their age. Um, I don't think I don't know now, Dave. You're a <laughs> California, uh, well, not a resident right now, but uh, you know, soon that, that being your home. <laughs> so when you return, you know, home again, there. Uh, it's basically like the house I live in. It's the same thing. Okay. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, you know, any do you have uh, actors just stopping by and they just they just stay <laughs> and then they become really involved in your uh, personal life and. No. Yeah, they're like roaches. You just you can't get rid mm. of them. No, I don't live in L.A. So maybe in L.A. What I've heard, I've had some friends who live in L.A. And you just see celebrities and actors all over the place, like just mm. going to the coffee shop, you know, going wherever. Not not so much in uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. A little a little less of that. Thankfully. Well, thank you for once again being incredibly disappointing on this podcast. Hey, it's what I do. Hey. Steve's on. Steve's on lives there here in Lexington. There we go. So I, I see him the magic at, at Panera every so often. Uh, I've only uh, been in the presence of Steve Zahn once, and I didn't realize he was standing next to me. And when my <laughs> wife 
was tapping me on the shoulder. I thought she was being incredibly rude because I was talking to uh, someone. I was talking to Justin Stewart, uh, so mutual <laughs> friend there, Natasha, you know, and oh. I was talking about my podcast and something I was really excited about, <laughs> talking about myself. And hey, I was just like, it, woman. I, and I was like, hey, okay. I'm talking about my favorite thing here, which is me. Like, <laughs> would you please let me have my space? And she's like, yeah, you're talking so much about your movie podcast. I was just going to tell you that you're staying next to Steve Zahn, but there he is. He's walking away now. And I was <laughs> no. like, crushed God damn it. <laughs> i'm like man i'm awful that teaches me i will never be passionate about anything i ever do again glad you learned that lesson. yeah <laughs> because good. steve zahn could be right next to me so anytime i feel like i'm getting too passionate i stop because i look for steve zahn. About steve zahn yeah uh, sure uh well okay my my question since i didn't assume um any of us would have uh, a famous or someone who's pursuing fame, sort of like sleeping on our couch and having all sorts of shenanigans uh, with Murphy Brown. Uh, if there was something where, for whatever reason, uh, you found yourself maybe not forced, but boxed into a situation where maybe someone you weren't that enthusiastic, enthusiastic about romantically you gave it another chance just because of the situation where you're like, oh, maybe normally you wouldn't let it play out as long, but there was an instance sort of like Reese Witherspoon where it's like, okay, this is probably a bad idea, but it's there. So <laughs> I'll give them, give them another chance. So uh, I'm Dave. I'm sure, I'm sure you've put yourself <laughs> to that pain because you keep showing up to record with me week after week. It's a very yeah, similar thing. Like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well actually, yes. Um, after I uh, ended a relationship, um, I can I made the mistake of continuing to live with that person uh, for another <laughs> six months Jesus. because I felt bad for them because they didn't oh have anywhere God. else to go. They couldn't pay for rent. Blah blah blah. And it was just like home uh, again. It was just like uh, a pleasant <laughs> rom com. <laughs> uh, you no, know, there was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of screaming. There was a lot of guilt. Uh, it's a real bad idea to do that, and a mistake I will never make again. Once the relationship is over, you are out of my house. That's it. Uh, so yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely been placed in a position, or placed myself, if we're being honest, in a position to be kind of boxed in with a person that you're like, oh, I'm not sure if this should continue. Uh, and it does make things very, very awkward, and sometimes just downright mean and ugly. So it's a bad call. Natasha, uh, I hope you have not had some sort of like, you have not done that. Yeah, where it's you know it sounds like Dave's version of like single white female, where it's like, you know, <laughs> so no, your version of, of Home not. Again is definitely a thriller. So uh, Natasha, right. I hope you don't <laughs> have anything Nancy that extreme. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, not not that extreme at all. Um, there was uh, you know there was someone that I was really interested in you know when I was in college. And it was a really bad idea, and it I I learned that it was gonna that it was not gonna work. It was just a bad idea, and then not a, a while after, I was I thought, well maybe maybe not, maybe it'll be okay. And then nope, no, it was it was it was a bad idea. So yeah, I just sometimes you know fool me once, shame on you know. You told me twice. Yeah. So. I like that you didn't finish that with me. You're just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Shame on you. You know the rest. Um, The one I had, uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say the one. There's been been a lot of them. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know. Uh, but one that came to mind in this conversation, it's still not as bad as Dave's or not as threatening of a situation. God, I hope not. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was still, I would not say we were like dating. This is, of course, the distinction I'm making, and I don't know yes. if it was agreed upon, but we had been on dates. And okay. I, had, I had sort of come to the conclusion that this is not something that should continue further or just doesn't have that type of future together. So I'm going to carry myself in a different way. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to pursue it romantically, but I am open to the possibility of just like friendship. So <laughs> we had made plans to go to a baseball game with a group of people. And what I've really discovered is that I can, I can fall in love quickly with baseball or if I'm surrounded by <laughs> baseball, I become just, you know, life is just one big orgy for me. It's just, it's just, I become just so magnanimous with just kind feelings that, and of course there was alcohol involved. I'm drinking as well. <laughs> that, you know, during nine innings, I'm kicking around the idea of like, man, you're a fucking idiot. This is great. Life is great. Why would you want this to end? Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm spoiler alert. The baseball game will end at some point. It did not go to extra innings and the ride home. I was like, fuck me. How do I get out of this? I've said so many nice things. (laughs) And, uh, I don't know if it, it didn't, it didn't go well. I don't think I, I, di- I didn't have the words, you know, like I did during the baseball game to explain myself other than I'm, I'm a shit and I'm a horrible person and I love baseball. I'm I was sorry. blinded by my love of baseball. I thought I liked you for a second, but nope. At least baseball <laughs> games are long. That was, that was it's true. You got three hours of that good treatment from Mike. Like, come on. That's an wow. awful lot. An awful lot. So cherish it. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you kept this, you the scorecard. <laughs> the next twenty years of this, Dave. Twenty more years of this. Oh, uh, me and Dave need to go to a baseball I'm game together. It. I'm gonna go out there and see a Giants game with you. You'll see a whole new side of me. I'll just be, <laughs> be pure poetry, Dave. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah, probably not. Uh, all right, I think everyone else is ready for this to be over, uh, as usual, when we get to the end of a Grand Gesture episode. So, Natasha, tell people once again where they can uh, follow you and all of your various projects. Sure. Um, so, I'm on Twitter, um, Twitter at the divine underscore Miss N. Um, you can find my blog at nat20blog.com. That's nat20blog.com and theradassbitches.com. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Grand Gesture Pod. Every time I record on these, I think like, hey, I didn't come off that bad. Then I listen back, I'm like, God, what an asshole. You are an asshole. <laughs> why, do you, why do you want to let people know you're an asshole? Why are you waving these red flags about yourself? So That's the, why I bring my negativity for the movie, and then I try to make myself in a little better light. No, at the end, and you're no, the opposite. I go all like, in. Romance is great, and then it's like... <laughs> So I mistreated the people I've been with. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>